Yeah. Well, hey, hey, hey. Hi, everyone. It's a, it's a hot summer day here in Los Angeles. I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And this is Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Okay, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no, no. And we're joined by a super fun guest today. You may know him from movies that made us gay. It's Peter Lozano. Oh, okay. I think the audio is a little weird. Did you uh, hear that? No, I didn't hear that. Anymore. Yeah. Um, do you have... Can you talk again? Me? How's that sound? Oh, I feel like at the beginning, it like cuts you off at like the some at the oh, beginning yeah. of when you're talking. Usually... Yeah, it's um, that we've encountered that a lot with uh, just with like streaming audio calls Mm -hmm. that like the very first like syllable will be a little muffled. And then as soon as, you know, yeah, I get to something, it'll fix itself. Okay, could it be because we're talking and then maybe you start saying something before we finish or something? Or would that only have to do with No, headphones? I think it's still is the same. Oh, okay. Anyway, all right. Well, we'll just uh, this is this is fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it work. Right. Okay. Um <clears throat> dokie. Where was Oh yeah, so um we watched Valerian this weekend. Um a real hoot, a real <laughs> uh, cinematic experience. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Peter, what's your, uh, relationship with the man himself, Ethan Hawke? Oh man, my relationship with Ethan Hawke goes back pretty far. I have to say, (laughs) um, I think as a matter of fact, I know the first thing that I saw him in was Explorers and, uh, I saw it in the theater as a very young child. Um, my mom took me to see it with she took me she was friends with like one of her co-workers who had a son that was around my age so they were like play together and we actually did we were we became good friends and we had like a play date and went to the movies to see explorers and i loved it and it was one of those things where i just you know i love this movie you know it was this kid movie that i was all about and then later on you know um what Dead Poet Society mm-hmm. comes around and it just slapped me across the face that that was, you know, my, my buddy from Explorers, <laughs> here he is, he's back, you know, I hadn't seen him in anything. And just as this kid, I was just like, oh man, there he is. And, um, you know, being that I was just a, a, a young, you know, a young lad just, coming of age and just figuring out who he was as, you know, as a person and as, as a little queer kiddo, I just was like, this boy is so dreamy. And I just was like, it was a, it was a crush. It was like, I loved the, you know, the, the material that he was bringing with both of those in particular, 
you know, explorers and then to poets, I was just kind of like infatuated with him as like an actor and like as a person or whatever. And then, you know, just moving forward, I just loved a bunch of stuff he was in, Gattaca and, and uh, you know, all the, the before series and all that stuff. And just been a fan from way back. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah, I love that. I feel like you're the first person who like explores has been like the real origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, So we watched Valerian. I feel like you or maybe Scott on your behalf, one of you said that you should do this episode with us a long time ago. So I put you down on our spreadsheet. Um, sure. what, uh, so are you a, are you a fan of, of Valerian, like a big fan? Well, okay, let me say, I think I might've brought it up as well, but probably both Scott and myself mentioned it. But yeah, I feel like I, like I'm a big sci-fi, you know, just kind of a genre, you know, nerd in general, right? So going back to my intro to Ethan Hawke with Explorers, it's like, yeah, I've been a sci-fi fan my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the uh, the director of this movie, Luke Besson, first came on my radar was in 97 with The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing that movie and... You know, in the 90s, sci-fi was, like, super dark and, like, they were, you know, they were very much, like, trying to go in this very, like, grimy, lived-in, dark kind of place with sci-fi movies, which is cool. You know, I love, like, Alien and Ridley Scott and all those guys. Um, But when uh, Fifth Element came on the scene, it was just, like, this kind of breath of fresh air, the slap across the face. Like I remember like some of the guys that I hung out with in high school, you know, I hung out with a lot of different kinds of kids, right? And I I had a group of friends that were kind of like these like heavy metal, like shithead guys, but like they <laughs> were really super into, you know, uh, sci-fi stuff with me. Like I could really get into like deep dive Star Wars stuff. And again, this is 97, so this is like, pre-prequel star Mm -hmm. wars this is just like uh it's very fringe to be into sci-fi of this nature at this time right it's not cool it's not like oh i love nerds and like i wear glasses and (laughs) i'm like that's right no you were like a a real nerd right and um i'm just gonna be like dropping like f-bombs up all throughout but um (laughs) so fun we encourage it right so like we were just you know these are like like shithead heavy metal guys and like you know big old nerds and like dungeons and dragons and all that stuff and so we see fifth element and i am just like wow what was that what did i just see you know like i'm seeing you know blade runner and i'm seeing you know even like ridley scott stuff thrown in there and and all this you know references but also this bright well-lit beautiful you know version of this futuristic sci-fi right and I loved it. Um, being just kind of like a movie kind of lover person myself, after it, you know, the legacy of Fifth Element, you know, and then a few years later, like DVDs come on the scene, I buy the DVD, right? And then like special features on the DVD, then you start looking things up online with like Wikipedia and all this crazy stuff. Because again, in 97, when it came out, all we had was like, you see the movie and maybe there's a little like 
behind the scenes thing on like entertainment tonight or MTV or something. And that's all the research you can do. When I finally did start researching it, I realized that the director, Luc Besson, had this other sci-fi property in mind uh, what, that he wanted to produce, uh, couldn't get the rights to it. And so he went ahead and produced his own vision, which was The Fifth Element. But the property that he originally wanted to make in 1997 was Valerian. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And it's this Franco-Belgian European comic book you know, situation, which the comic books in Europe and these Franco-Belgian comics are very different than comics over here. You know, they're very aimed at, at adults and they have like these, you know, finite storylines. And I just started taking a deep dive into that and figuring out what Valerian is and who like Mobius and Jean Girard and like all these artists that created it. And I was just so fascinated by it. And I was like, wow, that'd be great if they could ever make a movie of it, right? Then you know, fast forward to, you know, uh, whenever like 20 movie, years later. Movie? Yeah. yeah this like 2017. 20 years later, seriously. Yeah. And, you know, we finally get the Valerian movie. Um, it's not what I expected, <laughs> but, but it is what I expected. You know, it mm -hmm. is that kind of like, uh, fifth Element, Luc Besson style of very bright, you know, sunlit future. Um, uh, again, just like the Fifth Element, it's filled with uh, models <laughs> as actors. It's filled with beautiful people. It's filled with beautiful costumes, you know, getting high fashion, you know, designers, you, you know, the Fifth Element was all the costumes, every costume in the fifth element was designed by uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier, you know, and it was filled with fashion models as actors and extras. And, you know, we got, it gave us Mila Jovovich and all that. And so, you know, in Valerian, we have Cara Delevingne as, you know, the female protagonist as Laureline. And um, so yeah, I think after something like, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm -hmm. people can just be like, oh, well, it's like maybe it's trying to go in that direction with the color scheme and all that. But I think it kind of does go back to, you kind of have to go back to the fifth element, which take it or leave it. I think pe people run hot and cold on fifth element. You either mm -hmm. kind of love it or you're just like, what is this? This is weird. And I get that. You know, it's not a perfect movie. Yeah, but at the I time... I shamefully have to admit that I've never actually seen it all the way through. Like, I've definitely caught parts of it, like, on TNT, yeah. you know, but I've never actually watched it all the way through. I have seen it, but it was a long time ago, so I don't remember too much of the details. I just remember, like, kind of just the vibe of it, like, kind of what you were talking about, the colorfulness and all that stuff. I, I remember just how vibrant it was. And lots of like white backgrounds too, like you mentioned, you know, it's like very bright. It's kind of hard, uh, you know, it's unique yeah, for sure. And I remember Gary Oldman's like crazy, like uh, costume that he has. He's like, it's like a, it's like a little plastic shield, like over half of his face or something like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like this weird, like saran wrap, like, yeah, you know, yeah. situation. <laughs> and <laughs> so I just kind of remember like some of the, the, like, just the looks and the appearance of it more than the story. 
It is def- it is definitely uh, style over substance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because even as a, like an apologist for that movie, I can see it's it's a little um, not disjointed, but it's it you know it's flawed. <laughs> so. Yeah, for me, I think it's more just the time. Like it, it's it's been too long for me to remember the details anyway. So yeah, totally. But you know, Valerian kind of is like a, a spiritual sequel to that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it kind of brought the director back to all this kind of idea that he started a long time ago and was able to finally, you know, put it on screen. And, um, yeah, it's, I'm conflicted about it because it is, it's beautiful. It's, it's full of beautiful people and, um, beautiful visuals. I feel like the special effects are really great. Um, there's really good actors in it, um, but they're kind of like the really good people are in it are so underused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, there's Rutger Hauer, and then you know, and then he's gone. <laughs> you know? So, and the same with Ethan Hawke. It's like, oh, there he is finally, and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's just like dive into this movie, sure, shall yeah. we? Um, I I really love the opening of this movie. It's you know Space Oddity by David Bowie is playing, and you get to see this uh, kind of uh, compilation or you know time lapse of um, the International Space Station as it turns into the Intergalactic Space Station over right. the course of hundreds of years, um, and that kind of sets us up for you know where we are in the present um the intergalactic space station was too big to stay in earth's gravitational field so they sent it out um and then they ended up creating this new thing called alpha right that sounds right yeah Yeah. um and we also have you know of course all a star trek we have some intergalactic uh military earth force Mm -hmm. um and uh, we get to see lots of different uh, species across the planets, um, how they live together and how they interact. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but I, I really like the opening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. The handshake montage. Yes, the handshake <laughs> montage, iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it is really cool. The, the the fun thing about that is that, you know, the different kinds of like aliens that you see, because like movie aliens, it's just, it can vary from like, you know, a person with, you know, prosthetics on their face to like a full CGI character. But they did really cool things with like full body costumes. There was like one that was like a, like a, fish tank with like mm-hmm. a body around it yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. alien was like floating inside the little fish tank you know but it was like this big giant mechanical body moving around like fun stuff like that it's very like doctor who very just kind of unexpected in like an american sci-fi movie which this is not american at all right i feel like it's fully european production mm-hmm. which kind of gave way to little weird quirky things like that in the visuals so yeah i really i, I appreciated that scene a lot yeah, that fish tank, uh, those aliens in particular reminded me a lot of uh, in the Umbrella Academy. There's a character that has like a, f- that's a fish, uh, the fish tank had in yeah. a human body. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what that reminded me of, which is also from a graphic novel. Uh, yeah. Um, Mind? Did anybody see Megamind? I feel like there's a character in Megamind that, that, it's a fish in a tank that's on uh, that's the head of and i was watching umbrella academy going 
I think this was in Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one came first. We'll have to check on that. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So then, yeah. So we cut to 400 years in the future from yeah. wherever the end of the montage, the handshake montage is. And um, there's a, a beautiful beach planet called Mule. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see you know this uh female alien on the planet going about her day and they like you know touch each other and lights happen and mm-hmm. everything is really beautiful <laughs> and um and then all of a sudden uh what they refer to as the apocalypse begins things start falling out of the sky and um their planet is essentially destroyed it is destroyed um but a number of them do run away into this bunker yeah yeah this bunker like a piece of a spaceship that had fallen down that was still intact mm-hmm. um but one of them doesn't make it the main girl who we've been following um and as she dies she like emits this light beam across the galaxy yeah which was very cool much to say about the pearl society of mule yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, uh, I, I mean, the, okay. The character design of these, well, first of all, I have to say they're like 100% CG creations. They're not like actors, they're full on CG like characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be some kind of like motion capture situation going on with the performance, but they're all like very androgynous. They have no hair at all, mm-hmm. really right. hairless. Their bodies are very similar, like the male and the female, like you can't even really tell like the difference between them. Um, and there's this like pearl situation that they like, they wash their faces with pearls. Mm-hmm. They like, it's currency, it's sustenance. It's, you know, it's like water, but there's also water, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's what I got from this viewing, which I didn't get from, I don't know why I didn't get it from the first viewing, but I guess we'll get to it is the little like pet. Yes, the mule converter. The mule converter. Yeah, and we're going to have to talk about it. But and and when we do, I'll I'll mention it. But the mule, like I know, it's like super important to the plot, and I and it does this thing with the pearls. But yeah, that that's crazy. Uh, Princess Liho is like the one that like dies, and she does she does this thing where she you know shoots off her energy, and and it goes and it awakens Valerian. Yes. Right. Dane DeHaan. Yes, and, the titular oh Valerian. The titular Valerian. <laughs> and, and oh my goodness, this performance <laughs> by Dane DeHaan in this movie. Are you what a, is he doing? A fan? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is going on with this voice? I, like, I was thinking that too. I was yeah. literally like last night I was walking around doing like basically, basically yeah. like a crossover of like what his voice was to me which was like batman yeah. and um what's that guy's what's the movie judge dread <laughs> and i was just walking around. my my impressions of people usually consist of for whatever reason me saying their own name in their voice which makes no sense because that <laughs> never, never happens that. in movies that's what other characters are for but i was yeah. just walking around like i'm valerian yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love I was getting a lot of Keanu I don't know yeah, um, I was sure. getting major Keanu vibes from it but it's like it's a choice yeah. Dane DeHaan 
it does not talk like this. I like I saw him in that one weird Spider-Man that he was in, you know, like I've seen him <laughs> in movies. And I'm like, I know he doesn't talk like this. What is this choice? It's just so interesting and odd of a of a decision that he made to to do the entire character like this. And it, and he doesn't drop it. That's that's He is you know? consistent. He does commit to it. Which yeah. when yeah, you do a voice, you got to you got to always do that yeah, voice. Yeah, you, you, you're stuck with it if that's your choice. So, yeah, um, the, the two performances by, by Dane DeHaan and, and Cara Delevingne are, there's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, you spend like almost, I mean, most of the movie, you know, has at, at least one of them in the mm-hmm. scene. So it, it is kind of like a big, it is a bit of a risk to take with a two hour and 12 minute runtime movie yeah this is a long movie <laughs> to have them be in it the whole time <laughs> yeah but i will say i didn't actually hate how long this movie was mm-hmm. it was long but i only checked the time once which i think for a movie <laughs> that's over two hours that's like not bad mm-hmm. that's that's good um and cara delavine i want to say british is she, I, is she? I, I don't no know. Idea. I don't know that I've ever oh. um, thought about it. She's just been kind of. We'll all Google it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to say she's British, and if she is, and you know, she she comes from fashion. She's a model. She is a model. Um, this is one of her first, you know, large scale starring roles, and if she's she, English, if, yes. If I'm right, okay, she's English. So okay. So I mean, hey, her accent work was not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I bought it. You, you guys couldn't tell. Right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's doing a good job there. Um, it also sounded weird, though. Like it sounded to me, it, it sounded like it was a weird choice. Like what Dane DeHaan was doing was a weird choice. Mm-hmm. Like she was also doing something weird. And and maybe that could be attributed to her just trying to focus on pulling off an American accent. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think his is a little bit, it was a little bit more pronounced to me. So, and that's the one where, yeah, you just end up walking around the rest of the afternoon, just kind of saying like, I'm delirious. <laughs> 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 so yeah, yeah. And then the dialogue too, you know, just the whole stuff, like with their characters being like, he's a womanizer and she's kind of like antagonistic towards him about it. But he like, wants to marry her yeah yeah he's in love with her because she's unattainable (laughs) yes i mean the two of them extremely attractive people so i don't like you know i don't fault either one of them for you know for being good looking (laughs) yeah exactly you don't hold their good looks against them no no you can't help it who am i who am i to fault (laughs) (laughs) yes but i mean the whole thing about like yeah he wants to he's like constantly proposing yeah. but she's just very much like oh no you're too much of like a cat so you know i feel like that's kind of like an old school thing where like yeah like, like back in the day before dating someone you didn't date them you just asked them to marry and then mm-hmm. figure out what happened after that yeah. which is just interesting <laughs> that like such a like weird kind of old-timey tradition 
would maybe well maybe it's not maybe he's not following in a tradition but well, we don't know what the world's like we don't know what the world, yeah, exactly. years from now. yeah 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 this is true they could have weird you know marital customs and <laughs> but what when is this at that like, like 2200 20, or something yeah it was 400 years after 2150 i think yeah okay yeah wow. There's a lot of, because in the beginning, that opening scene, yeah. there's a lot of like time. Lots of dates on there. I kind of marks. lost yeah. track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, my best guess after. is that it's 400 years after 2150. So 2550. Well, yeah. Well, you were saying about that being kind of like an old school thing. Maybe they were trying to make them like a His Girl Friday thing where they're kind of like fast talking, like, you know, getting at each other, like, antagonizing each other. And then ultimately they end up married. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you know. Yeah, I think from a movie making point of view, that's probably where they were coming from. Like, we're going to make this very like snappy and quick and you guys are just going to have an answer for each other every time. Uh Just I don't know, maybe they weren't up to it, like acting wise or one of them wasn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah, but um, interesting choices made all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But watchable because they're so beautiful. So hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also the visuals and all that stuff. Yeah, one thing yeah. I liked that also you know like how I mentioned this is kind of Star Trekky and that there's you know like a for a space force kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they also the first time we see them they're in like a hologram room kind of like the hollow in Star Trek. The holodeck, yeah. The holodeck, yeah. Um, So I thought that was another kind of interesting connection that they made, like right off the bat. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so when they're in the in the holodeck, basically they're uh, on a beach. Yeah. And this beach thing is kind of a through line because there's the mule beach, and then there's uh, the beach in their holodeck, and then there's the beach that he he keeps saying he'll take her on a honeymoon to a beach. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Um, Reed, <laughs> real beach, <laughs> and I love that they're having this like this like karate wrestling moment on this like tanning bed that he's on, and nobody spills this like mm-hmm. this like you know this fabulous drink that she brings in, <laughs> yeah. this like mai tai. Yeah. <laughs> they're having this like karate wrestling match, and like the drink is like still to the brim yeah so that we could see what agile fighters they are yes sure. that's how good of warriors they are exactly mm-hmm, you're absolutely true. right <laughs> yeah so they're on a mission to a planet called kyrian um where there's like an interdimensional shopping establishment called big market yeah this place is crazy i've never like at first i thought like oh this is basically virtual reality but it's like it's literally like a different dimension yeah interdimensional that does exist yeah it exists but it's not like but you can't but you're not really there you're wearing glasses and a headset and anything that you get from there has to go through an interdimensional like phaser portal thing yeah it was cool it is cool, but the, my thing is too. It's like okay, if you, if it's in a different dimension, where you where your body is physically takes up the same amount of space. Like maybe that's why they do it in this huge desert, so they can all just like kind of walk around freely. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're because they are walking around, and they're not like on treadmills. You know, like you're walking <laughs> yeah. through this big empty right. vast desert. Um, but then there's parts where like 
he's like falling through different floors of it. And I was like, where, but where is he in the desert? If he's falling and flying around and hanging on like, hanging on like wires and cables and things. Um, It's fun though. It's a really fun scene. And uh, is that big, crazy, giant alien Jabba the Hutt looking guy, is that John Goodman? Is that John Goodman? Oh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) The the kind of mob boss guy? Yeah, the mob boss guy. Yeah. It sounded like him. I didn't, yeah, I was like, I can look that up. Um, There's this cast list is so crazy there's yeah. like there are 117 credited uh people in this movie wow oh yeah john goodman <laughs> is egon cirrus who i'm there sure i'm sure wow. that's who you're talking about yeah that's, that's gotta be him yeah and also yeah. herbie hancock is one of the like he's like the kind of uh kind of the, like the diplomat on the security council yeah, so or whatever. the minister he's, yeah which is like wild like the one that the one that like keeps popping up to like yeah 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 and yeah. them yeah 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 that's crazy I saw his name in the credits and I was like what the hell yeah <laughs> I totally forgot about that it's pretty wild yeah yeah so big market is insane um it's like a huge like action set there's like three chase scenes mm-hmm. just in big market alone like underground like the big crazy like rhino thing at the end like it's yeah it's nuts lot going on yeah and i do think that's like you know one of the things that makes it such an interesting tool is that you get to see it on two levels you see it in the desert and then you see it in big market on the Mm -hmm. other dimension and then you also see the ways that he kind of slips between those two when uh when he's you know thwarted uh dane dehan valerian yeah so basically they have this tool they're going there to retrieve something Mm -hmm. you don't know too much about it um and clearly neither do they i guess because they're talking they're talking about how he didn't read the memo or whatever (laughs) so they don't even really know what they're after um but they know that it's alive i think yes off the bat and um and basically so everyone who's walking around big market they're just walking around the desert and they're but they're vring into into this marketplace but they're doing, but the uh, Valerian and uh, what's her name? Uh, Laureline. Laureline. They have like a special setup, basically. They have like this tool. It's like a little box. It looks like a small yeah, it's a giant. Cage it, oh, something. but there's also like the giant box that he puts his hand in. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's like a pet cage size almost. Yeah. And so he yeah yeah basically allows him to have part of his body physically be in the other dimension and then Mm -hmm. part of it be out basically Mm -hmm. so and that's how he's able to get that's why their plan is to get this thing that they're after without having to go through the normal like customs basically security thing that turns the thing from the big market into a real not into a real because it's a different dimension, but into something that they can access. Kind of like transports it, yeah. Yeah. And like the entire time, all that like Herbie Hancock said, like he just, they're referring to this item that they have to get as a converter. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you as like the audience are just like, oh, a converter is like a, like a piece of like tech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you expect it to be like a machine, this converter, right? Um, and, you know, when he goes in, he, he like infiltrates this mob kind of like 
handoff situation, steals a converter, you know, puts it in like a second box, but in the shootout, his box gets, you know, gets malfunctioned, short circuits, and now he's kind of stuck in between. Yeah. So he can't leave because his hand is in one dimension and the rest of his body is in ours. Right. And so like we've you know, so with this crazy chase ensues. At this point, do we have we found out that the converter is like a little yeah. fuzzy creature? Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah and me. also yeah. we see the Bless people it. from his dream. Yes, the mule pearl people. Yes. yes. We see them in the negotiation with uh Yeah, they're trying to get the little animal mule converter guy. Yeah, and they basically yes. agree to it and then uh Dane Dehan just grabs it right from them. Yeah. That was that was kind of sad because you know that they're like the last of their people and this is the last of their. They need it. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bummer. Um. But yeah, so. Uh, it's a big, big chase, many chases, but they end up successfully. Well, he and Laureline end up successfully getting away, but all of the team that came with them gets like eaten by this giant rhino thing. Yeah. 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 I thought that was so weak. I was like, oh, you're just letting everybody on this school bus like get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For this rhino. And yeah, there's another bit of VR trickery that goes on where they basically the guy that they've there's a sort of guy that's doing overwatch for them when they're going through and they shoot this dude, they, one of the guards there, they shoot him with a little dart and it basically allows them to like control him using the, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. 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 They like hijack him. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so when they get away, we go to another place where there's, um, uh general who gives some more instruction instructions and they're gonna be the security detail for um commander clive owen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes that's fun (laughs) i love him i love to see him in a movie uh i also feel like he didn't get really get a lot to do in this movie unfortunately yeah true he was kind of in and out when yeah yeah because he gets like kidnapped basically for most of the movie yes because they're bad at their jobs (laughs) (laughs) true um yeah but so i wrote down commander clive owen hot and then my next thing i wrote was evil uh yeah yeah, because pretty immediately we see that he's holding one of the pearl people captive and like torturing them for information yeah which is not cool clive owen good no no so um i kind of want to mention that the ship that valerian valerian and laureline are flying in uh i can't remember the name of the ship but i don't even know if it comes up but it looks exactly like the millennium falcon yes there are a lot of star warsy <laughs> things i know so far i've only mentioned star trekky things but i did also yeah. feel like there were some definite star wars connections in this movie i was yeah. also kind of thinking that those uh that the aliens from um what was the name of that planet? From Yule. Oh, they yeah. look like the people from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, they the look tall like people. Kaminoans. Yes. Yeah, they but do. Like, but kind of more human-looking Kaminoans. Yes. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like a cross between like Avatar and yeah. aliens from Kamino. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. The Navi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of a cross yeah, between those two. Because they have yes. the kind of like stretched out heads almost. Mm-hmm. And they have, that same, they have the same like pale blue color as the Kaminoans. Mm-hmm. But their faces are like less like reptilian almost. Yeah, yeah. They look less yeah. like 
crazy looking. Yeah, yeah. And so the ship fully looks like the Millennium Falcon, but like the Valerian comic, I think goes back to like the 60s. Mm-hmm. So that was just a byproduct. I mean, it just looked like they designed it pretty much exactly how it looks. In the mm-hmm. So oh, it's wow. not it's not a situation of like, oh, they're just kind of stealing this design, but it's just kind of like this interesting. I mean, I guess it's a coincidence because the path to the Millennium Falcon actually looking the way it looks is like a long drawn out one that we won't go into here. But yeah, I think it's just kind of like a little coincidence there. But on back on the ship is where we see the mule converter and, you know, like Laura Lean is talking to it. And at one point, it's not on their ship. It's, it's I think it's like when they're full in like uniforms. She does this thing where she takes off an earring and she's like, let's see if, you know, you, you know, you do what they say you do or whatever. And then she takes off this earring, which I assumed to be a diamond mm-hmm. because there was no like establishing shot of her earring. You just see her take this thing off of her ear. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then you kind of see her feed it to the converter. Again, it's, from behind so you don't see her like putting it in its mouth and then it starts like spewing out you know making these multiples of whatever it was that her earring was made of right so i just don't think they did a good enough job of explaining like this is a diamond and she's having this creature eat this diamond and now it's making like 500 exact copies of the diamond yeah, the only reason why I realized that was because later she paid those uh, little winged people um, yeah. with diamonds. She paid them with uh, diamonds. Yeah. So I realized, I oh, that. she must have given, that earring must have been diamond. And Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of uh, work I had to do on my own to yeah, get there. Yeah, exactly. They may, yeah, you have to do all this in your head. And I'm just like, come on. Um, yeah, so I was just like, oh, is that poor like movie making? I don't know. Um yeah, like I get the impulse to like show, not tell. But like, if you're gonna just show and not tell, then you gotta actually show it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's my thing. It's like we can get there on our own, but they did a bad job of showing it because you couldn't, you know, you can tell what she was doing. Yeah, so. I need a I need a close up of that earring. I need a little glint, a CG glint <laughs> on the, of, on the of exactly. sparkle, a little spark. Yeah, a little razzle dazzle. So mm-hmm. we know the diamond. Yeah, those little three stooges pterodactyl guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They were kind of fun. They were very like um, labyrinthy, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, again, that's something that came from the comic. It was there already. They looked exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, um, I've heard, just kind of people just like those aliens are weird. The designs are crazy. They stole from this. They stole from that. But I mean, to be fair, it all did come from yeah, like predate source. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. They just had, kind of had to be true to, to their material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing that I thought was kind of Star Wars-y was the music, actually. The score, specifically when... Uh-huh. Um, so the... Oh, yeah. So I guess we should say, yeah, Clive Owen gets kidnapped by the Pearls. Um, and uh, when Dane Han goes after to chase them... Um, this is when I thought the score got really Star Wars-y. Like, it felt really Phantom Menace, like, underwater, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. Um, I liked it. Definitely not a problem. Mm-hmm. I just It just reminded me of that. 
Yeah. What um in that scene, what I didn't notice, but when I was reading up on Wikipedia about the movie, um, apparently when Valer- Valerian jumps in like a little like shuttle thing to go and does that chase, mm-hmm. I guess if you look closely enough, it's Alexis. Yeah, I, d- I actually did notice. Oh. Did you notice it I in the movie? It, yeah. 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 Wow. I didn't catch it. <laughs> and I was trying to remember if I caught it on, because I saw this in the theater. So I was trying to remember like, did I remember that from the theater? Did I catch it? And I can't, I can't remember if I did or not, but yeah. It's, I didn't catch it on this on this re rewatch, but that's funny that you noticed it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so Lex, it's, Lex is stuck around. It's pretty it's pretty brief, but it's you do see like the shot of the emblem on the front of the his little ship. That's yeah. wild. I believe that. Which I was kind of thinking about because I feel like in to, to make it about another movie again, <laughs> I feel like in Minority Report they're all mm-hmm. driving Lexuses. I feel. Oh like. yeah. Yeah, Minority Report was definitely a big like tie-in with with those concept cars. Yeah, yeah. Maybe had Lexus likes to do product placement in sci-fi to like embed in your mind that they're like the future. Yeah. You know. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Although they did they did a terrible job in Minority Report because that movie is set in like 2030 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those cars are like not gonna are, happen. Like, driving on the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So when uh, Valerian is chasing the the pearl people, they go into this area called the Red Zone. So this is like a whole other plot element where Clive yeah. Owen um, has said that there's an area in Alpha, which is the big intergalactic, you know, all kinds of people live there mm-hmm. place. Um, there's an area where the air is toxic and that it's an enemy that's causing this and they've sent several men in there and no one comes out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Dane DeHaan chases the pearls into this red zone and he's fine. We should explain why he's chasing. Yes. Because I don't think we, we, we might have alluded to it, but basically Clive Owen gets kidnapped by the uh pearl people and they have these like little guns that shoot like blue goo basically yes (laughs) and it like cocoons you yeah you just you just get stuck kind of like those aliens in the x files Mm -hmm. and (laughs) if it's 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 totally non-lethal it doesn't seem to have any kind of residual negative residual effects it's just a matter of like coming out of it yeah um, but they basically freeze, or not freeze, but stick Clive Owen and then pick him up and take him. And they, I, they're they assuming that he's the one that's holding on to um, the converter, but, and he would be if not for the fact that uh, Kara's like, no, I'm going to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other thing I liked about that whole goose situation is Dane DeHaan, and again, this kind of reminded me of Phantom Menace, was um, <laughs> he had a he saw what was going on where everyone else was being cocooned, so he put like a thing in his mouth that would help him that uh, oh, had yeah. like a little um, nano spider, uh, spider that re- like cut the thing, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like Minority Report too. <laughs> um, but uh, it just made me think of those things they put in their mouths to breathe when they were yeah, swimming. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the Gungan City. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that as well. <laughs> Lots of connections. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so he's in his Lexus, 
and they're basically <laughs> telling they're basically telling him like oh if you don't catch um catch up to the ship now you're gonna enter the red zone we're gonna lose contact with you Mm -hmm. and so at first he's chasing this like big like triangular ship and then he shoots a missile at it and the ship breaks up into like a bunch of smaller pieces Mm -hmm. and he chases those he chases he is able to figure out which one is the right one and he chases Mm -hmm. it through this through the city basically and then he doesn't catch up to them in time gets in the red zone and then his ship almost immediately crashes mm-hmm and then uh yeah so the next portion of the movie is cara delavine um going after him yeah because that's kind of all they do it's like this whole movie is like <laughs> one of them getting in trouble and the other one going after them mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. switch um, yeah it gets a little episodic in that in that sense yeah mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah, so she employs the help of those little pterodactyl guys that we mentioned, uh, <laughs> and uh, they go in a submarine. Yeah, she also <laughs> she threatens to shoot. She like shoots. She actually shoots one of them. Yeah, she shoots one of them in the, in the, arm, the wing. Or the wing. And they yeah. tell her that they have this like kind of like you know know me way of talking where one of them says something. They complete each other's sentences basically like, in a row. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm just going to shoot one of you. And then they're like, oh, you can't because. We each only have one third of the knowledge. Right. And so if again, you shoot, yeah. another kind of thing that's similar in Minority Report, which the precogs, there's three of them. Oh, yeah. Yes, they that's only, right. You need all three. You need all three, basically. Yeah. And then also the other thing that made me think of Labyrinth with these characters was, um, you know, like the one door is uh, the, is like telling the truth and the other door is lying. And it's and like, right, always right, lying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. These are all, all fun sci-fi fantasy things. <laughs> I, I enjoyed them all in this movie as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then they hook her up with a, a submarine pilot. Yeah. Who um takes her to get a some kind of jellyfish thing that right. lives as a parasite on some kind of bigger creature. Yes. Big fish. Big fish. Well no, it's not really it's doesn't it's a, it walk, right? Yeah, it walks on the bottom. It looks like a giant like a, yeah, crustacean. Yeah. Something. Um and so they retrieve this jellyfish and then she has to put it on her head completely submerged (laughs) to her shoulders and um then she kind of mind melds with it so that she so the jellyfish can help her to figure out where dane dehan is Mm -hmm. it's a valerian's crashed lexus yes yes um yeah this is the kind of thing that like makes this movie so much to explain i feel like because there are so many steps to everything (laughs) that happens in this movie yes um like my notes are actually only two pages which is really short for me i usually take like you know six pages of notes because i'm uh you know like that um my notes are only two pages but every single note on there you have to spend like a lot of time really breaking yeah. down. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's the, there's not actually a whole lot of plot there's just there's a lot of action mm-hmm. you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that are happening um but they don't they don't necessarily relate that much to the next thing that happens you know like this yeah like the jellyfish is kind of like its own it gets you to where you're going but once you've done that 
you don't have to think about it anymore. You know, it's 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 not really that relevant to what happens next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost as if the like plots and like little subplots of this movie were issued out in small 10 to 20 page issues released once a week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it could use, I feel like it may have lent itself better to, you know, like a limited series or, you know, mm-hmm. like a cable, you know, an HBO show that lasted about 10 episodes and each one they can focus on, you know, Laureline and the Three Stooges and, you know, Valerian and the Chase and then the weird, like, dinner, you know, uh, banquet situation that we're coming right. upon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, you know, she, she's she got this jellyfish situation. She can't wear it for too long or else it'll scramble her brains. But, you know, she's not getting to the location, so she's keeping it on as long as she can. She finds Valerian's crashed shit and gets kidnapped herself. <laughs> and now we're switching to Valerian trying to chase down Laurelie. Yeah, yeah. And she gets kidnapped in a very kind of silly way. There's like these, they're in these little... These butterflies. Yeah, they're in this kind of like canyony <laughs> area. And there's these butterflies floating around. Like a like, sinkhole. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, they're so pretty. I and do then, feel like that's a little bit like, oh, she's a girl, so she's gonna be, you know, think this butterfly <laughs> is pretty and get distracted by it because it's, yeah. you know, shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, true. And then he's like, oh, don't touch that because it's. Uh, and then she grabs it. Yeah, and, and she, she gets yanked up. Yanked up. Yeah, because it's people are fishing up at the top. Yes. Yeah. Uh, They're jellyfishing down there, up there. Mm-hmm. And these yeah. crazy giant aliens that are jellyfishing and we have the big banquet and all that Mm -hmm. there's something about their character design that is just so off-putting to me like (laughs) it was just so gross and like because there's just so like i mean i guess we're supposed to just infer that this species of like aliens are kind of like not as intelligent Mm -hmm. yeah they kind of seem like space trolls yeah yeah for sure Yeah. yeah Like, they're barely, like, sentient, but they, you know, are living somehow, like, on Alpha somewhere. But, um, yeah, she gets captured by them, and now now uh, Valerian's got to got to rescue her. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, yeah. and the way he tries to do that is he jumps off the edge of this little canyon ridge that he's on, and he tries to grab as many of the butterflies as he can, hoping that one of them is also... Uh, one of the mm-hmm. like a fishing line yeah fly yeah. It, it happens to work but he could have just yeah he could have just died <laughs> yeah kept falling and died <laughs> it was hit the ground <laughs> very much not a foolproof plan yeah no, no. especially because i've never you know you don't really see people like i'm not i'm no expert in fishing but every time i've been to like a pier <laughs> or something like that you don't usually see two people standing like right next to each other fishing in the exact same spot Usually they try to space themselves out, you know, to give, get some different fish and things like that. But yeah, that was kind of funny, but it works and he gets pulled all the way back up and shoots the guy that's fishing him, which is a little mean, but I guess, I don't know if, if I, if I was fishing and then the fish pulled out a gun and shot me, I wouldn't (laughs) feel great about it. But also the fish I'm sure doesn't feel great about being fished. That's so so true. It's just, 
cycles. Circle yeah. of life. Yeah. <laughs> so Valerian realizes that he can't go to the place where uh, Laureline's been taken because it's they don't allow anyone that's not their race yeah. in there. So he comes up with a scheme to get um, an alien of a different race that's like a shapeshifter, kind of yeah. like Rebecca Romaine and X-Men Mystique. Uh, glamopod. A glamopod, yes. Wow, I didn't really think about the name, but that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, so to get a glamopod um, from one of the brothel strip clubs in this yes. area called Paradise Alley, mm-hmm. um, which is very fun. It feels and a lot very like conveniently Vegas. Located. Yes, very conveniently it's located. Right yeah. next to the yeah. entrance of where he's trying to go, <laughs> which is funny. Um, and we should mention the, the the way he's getting all this information about like what he where he can go and all these things is from uh-huh. Alex, which is basically Alexa. Alexa, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's just like it's a, like the ship's AI, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. And he, it's uh, like well, I'm just gonna call it Alexa. Alexa's with them like basically <laughs> all the time. Um, they have like in their yeah in their on their ships with them all that stuff so he's got like siri like on his apple watch yeah exactly yeah Mm -hmm. able to like ask it questions yeah yeah um and at first i was kind of like i i had the i was kind of suspecting like a hal situation in the mm -hmm. beginning where i thought like maybe alexa was gonna like turn on them but alexa was just a helpful robot the whole time yeah when we get to uh, what is the area called, like the red light district? Oh, Paradise Alley. Paradise Alley. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny because like there are all these like all these like hookers and like strippers like going up to him, but they all have like there's like the peacock lady, mm-hmm. and, like the like yeah. the mouse girl. Like there's all these. Like, <laughs> they're all like crazy earth creatures, but like sexy lady versions of them. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Like everyone had their own, you know, brand, their own thing going on. I mean, it's, on. A, it's a compet. It seems like a competitive mm-hmm. place to be. Yeah, because there's so yeah, so. there's so many of them there, and there's so much traffic, foot traffic there too. So clearly, it's popular. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It does kind of remind me of uh, from AI that little that area they go to. Oh yeah, AI. for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what that, that place pleasure is called. island. Yeah, yeah, it's like a very similar. It, the vibe is very similar. I feel like. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, well, this, this was the section that was really exciting for us, I think, because this is where uh, we see Ethan Hawke in his cameo. Yes. Indeed. So he plays a pimp named Jolly. Yes. Uh, who... Is very excited to see, uh, Valerian. Mm-hmm. Um, and Valerian lets him know he's looking for something very specific, mm-hmm. and Ethan Hawke has just what he needs at his, his establishment, which is called Glam Club. Which I feel like is not the most creative name. No, no not at all. <laughs> Especially con- a little bit like, more time consider, that. consider the competition, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's same as Vegas. Like, you gotta have, you know, you gotta have an original, you know, yeah. they have the pyramid, they have mm-hmm. Caesar's Palace. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta come up with something. You, yeah. You gotta get asses in the seats. You gotta be clever. Yeah. Um, I feel like I remember that I knew Ethan Hawke was in the movie. And watching it, you know, uh, the first time I'm talking about when I saw it in the theater, Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like watching it, watching the story. And then his scene comes up and I was just like, oh, crap, I totally forgot he was in this. (laughs) 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 
and there he is and like his character is so crazy he's got like this like nose ring earring face necklace combo situation yeah he looks like a space cowboy yes Yes, and the first line out of his mouth is hey cowboy yeah he says to valeria i love it it's i i wonder how much he was like involved in this in the in this character and like the dialogue because everything he said felt like it was him you know what i mean like uh so he tells valerian that he can't have a gun when he's in there and he says unfortunately rules are rules this is a place where we make love not war yeah you know which was very fun (laughs) which feels like an offhanded remark that he could have made in like any movie uh, yeah. literally any movie <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah. or like mostly you know we've seen a lot of uh, ethan hawk westerns recently mm-hmm. you know so mm. i could see him being like a kind of hippie character in a hippie western cowboy, yeah. yeah hippie cowboy um and then he also says and this is what i start as my most ethan hawk line i don't know about you two <laughs> but he says what kind of music you into yeah <laughs> like it doesn't get more ethan hawk than that <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm 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 sticking with Hey Cowboy as my Hey Cowboy. That one's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I I think what kind of music do you listen to that? And it's so like like an esoteric line, especially in a sci-fi movie that's set hundreds of years in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we don't know what they're listening to. Like it, you know, in the new Star Trek movies, it's a joke now that they refer to our contemporary music is classical music, Mm -hmm. which is a joke that they took from Futurama, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. It's like, what is this character going to say? And then he starts naming genres and then he just like, there's just some crazy kooky ones that they, you know, that they made up that are like futuristic or whatever. Um, I love when he does take Valerian's gun and he, it's like on a bungee rope Mm -hmm. thing, like attached to the ceiling. Um, that's very like Luke Besson, like weirdo sci-fi. Cause there's something similar to that in, in fifth element where Bruce Willis steals somebody's gun and like this rack comes out of the ceiling and it's just like full of like machine guns and he just puts it in the rack <laughs> and it pops right back up into the ceiling. I, I thought of that when I saw those ropes with, with the guns up there, but Valerian's got a secret invisible guy yeah, yeah I think that was it, confusing. yeah he puts it away earlier in the movie but we know that he has it because we see him put it away mm-hmm. um and i don't yeah i don't know how he i think it has like a switch kind of like a safety but there's another switch yeah. on there that makes it invisible <laughs> yeah it sends it it sends it to the big market or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah so we also see a really another really exciting cameo in the same scene. We have Rihanna. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So she plays the the glamopod named Bubble, um, and she comes out and she does like a a great like stripper dance routine for Valerian, uh, and she plays lots of characters in this routine, which is very fun. First, she's like Sally Bowles from Cabaret or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she turns into a sexy nurse, then a schoolgirl, then she's like it has a roller disco look, then she's a French maid, and then she's Catwoman, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. and and this yeah, you know wild. shows off her ability as a shapeshifter because right. it, she yes. seamlessly transitions from one uh, out one look to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the effects during this cabaret uh, performance or burlesque performance of her kind of like morphing from like one 
outfit to another pretty seamless some really cool stuff yeah. that they do in there with, yeah. with those effects and um there, there's also really cool like burlesque work that's being done that sitting back watching and thinking i don't know that that's actually rihanna but it's again <laughs> really seamless that they that they're able to make it look like it's her you know just from cutting into close-ups of her you know you're just kind of you buy it when you watch it yeah. you're just like okay that's yeah. her mm-hmm Definitely. The roller disco outfit is my least favorite. I feel like they could have gotten a better <laughs> wig. I don't know what's going on. It's a little too limp for me. Um, the Catwoman one is cool. The you know the burlesque stuff, and then when she does roller, you know this roller girl, I'm like, sweet, what a fun look. And I was like, I don't want that wig. Um, <laughs> but it's Rihanna. And then I was also kind of sad that we don't get like, um, like full on like Rihanna like. Uh, like Caribbean accented Rihanna. <laughs> she was oh, right, doing just right. kind of like a flat accent. And I was like, oh, I really, I really like it when, when Rihanna's like super Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but she's really good in it. She's, she's, yeah. cute. and it's kind of like uh, you, I was watching it thinking like, why hasn't she booked any more acting gigs? Cause she's really natural, I think, you know, cause some musicians or people that are not, trained actors mm-hmm. sometimes come off a little flat in movies but i think she like did a really serviceable job i, I liked her character a lot mm-hmm. yeah i think she did a pretty good job in this too and i think it kind of helped that um you know the movie is so like out of this world that yes. you know she was able yeah. to play this kind of like um i don't know this 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 character that had you know she did like a kind of I don't know. There was something about her that was was she was very natural in it, but it was like kind of a over the top character still. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and for I sure. think it really worked in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus, I mean, she maybe she you know Rihanna's just so rich that she's just like I'll do a movie when I get something that I really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe nothing has come her way. So. Yeah, she's busy with her Fenty office supplies yes, line. Yes, indeed. She, she's making that <laughs> money, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, Dane DeHaan pulls out that second invisible gun. He shoots Ethan <laughs> Hawke. Yeah. Um, and then he takes Rihanna with him away. He saves her from the brothel, from the life. Uh, and... I feel like this is the second movie in a row where Ethan Hawke just kind of abruptly dies, abruptly gets shot and dies. Because we just oh, saw Magnificent Seven. Seven. Although no. I didn't feel like that was that abrupt because it was like a half hour fight scene. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but he does get he just gets like shot and then well oh he dies really dramatically yeah. though. Yeah. But it's but it's not drawn out like we don't see his face and he like mm-hmm. you know says something poetic and then dies. No, he yeah. just like he just gets shot. And, and disappears. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Magnificent Seven? No, I haven't actually. He gets shot. He's up in like a be- a clock tower. He gets shot and he's blown off the side. He rolls <laughs> off the side of the building onto this oh lower God. roof and then onto the ground next yeah. to it. It's very funny. Oh wow! And he's just dead. And he's just yeah. dead. And here, Damon <laughs> just shoots him, and then he's just dead. Yeah. Um, but then we get to see how. Uh, bubble the glamopod is intended to be like used because at first you're thinking like oh well if she's a shapeshifter maybe it'll just send her in mm-hmm. and just like have her you know infiltrate but she fully like 
Well, first we see Ethan Hawke's character walk out of the club. Mm -hmm. And that's when Bubble, like, we see that she's completely enveloped Dana Han. Yes. Yeah. To, to glamour everybody into thinking that it's that it's Ethan Hawke. So she's able to c completely cover you up and take the form of anything else. Yeah. And that's how they break into it. It's like the sci-fi version of like sitting on someone's shoulders under a trench coat. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So she does that same thing and she, uh, you know, disguises them as this other yeah, alien type, the, the big troll, space trolls. Yes. Um, Which she's not super enthusiastic about because she's never done it before. And then he's like, oh, you're an artist, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I did kind of like their their dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, yeah, we should say, meanwhile, uh, Cara Delevingne is with um, with the big space trolls. And there's one of them that keeps trying to make her try on clothes. Yeah. And ultimately, she gets put in, like, a white lace dress with, like, a gigantic white hat. Yes. Uh, which and combat boots and combat boots and the gigantic <laughs> white hat becomes uh more relevant later yeah yeah <laughs> um so so yeah so dane dehan and rihanna <laughs> are they go in they infiltrate and they see that there's this big um like feast mm -hmm. oh also i do want to mention though the reason that rihanna decides to help him is because so she's kind of like he she's she reveals that she's like kind of uh uh she says an illegal immigrant mm -hmm. she's not she doesn't have anywhere to go or whatever right and he offers her like to get her id yeah which would i trust if like a federal agent <laughs> is like i need your help i promise we're gonna get you like some yeah. kind of identification but like Fake i think i'm gonna pieces. take my chances yeah. <laughs> but she does go along with it yes she's a good character we're supposed to, we're supposed to fall in love with her and we do because yeah. she's like she's super sweet and, and charming in this role yeah definitely um yeah so they they infiltrate and they see this big feast that's happening and then um they end up having to carry some kind of shrimp jelly thing or something <laughs> i don't know what it was um jello situation um and the king is like displeased with like every food that he's yeah there's like a row with. of hundreds of them mm -hmm. and yeah. they're all bringing him like similar looking jello foods <laughs> it should diversify you know like give, give him a hamburger you know what i mean like, he'll love that clearly he's not into these jello molds yeah, yeah he just probably doesn't like seafood everything looks like seafood jello seafood yeah but he basically <laughs> takes a bite out of everything and just like throws it and then um, so they're just trying to get her to like eat one thing that, that he would like. Yeah. And the last, the last, uh, dish that's presented to him is Cara Delevingne herself. And it turns out this giant white hat with a hole in the center is actually a plate and the feast for him is her head. Yeah. The top of her, the head. top of her head. Yeah. She's carrying these like lemons <laughs> and you think maybe that's what he's going to eat, but it's like mm -hmm. this dude is not going to be satisfied with just some lemons. Yeah. No. So he grabs the lemon, like squeezes it on top of her head. <laughs> grabs like a it's like a knife with a little like hole yeah it's like a like cigar a, cutter off yes, a cigar, yes. yeah 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 and it's just gonna <laughs> cut the top of her head 
which seems wasteful, you know, to just hit <laughs> the top of her head, but that's what he wants. And they realize they have to rescue her. And another long drawn out fight ensues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's some fun stuff. With... Yeah. Yeah. There's some fun stuff with Bubble Rihanna mm-hmm. where she, you know, kind of w- w- uh, wiggles her way through the fights. And like, you know, sometimes her, her body will like make a hole in the center to stretch around, you know, a yeah. knife or something. Uh, that visually was very fun to watch. Yeah. 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 Um, but then, you know, it's a lot of, I don't know, fighting otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to to be fair, you know, we do see Valerian or Dane Han fighting all of these, what I assume to be CG creatures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it looks pretty well done. And it probably wasn't easy to do. It was just like mimicking fighting, you know, nothing there. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And, yeah, we get a lot of, of bubble in her, in her, like, true non-human form which is like this this like bioluminescent you know jellyfish creature that is able to like kind of yeah we don't even know if it has like a solid form she walks around in this like crazy jellyfish form but like you said she's able to like mold her body around things and creatures and and uh, she's good in a fight Mm -hmm. but uh laureline was kind of knocked unconscious at one point yes in the fight so she's not really uh pulling her weight right now because yeah. <laughs> she's kind of uh she's been concussed yes. so yeah and um but bubble does kind of carry her away and then maybe she wakes up and then they manage to escape through a grate in the floor Yes. And once again, the Valerian. great in this movie. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> and then once again, Valerian is criticized for not having like reviewed anything before going into his mission. Right. You know, because uh, yeah. um, he he didn't know where the doors were. True. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a way out. Yeah. But they go down, they go through this grate, which is, I guess, a trash chute. Yeah. Um, and they come spilling out of it, and this is where we find that Bubble has been stabbed. It's no. very sad. It's a very tragic death no. scene. It, we it haven't, is very tragic. We haven't known her for that long, but, like, you know, she's very sweet, mm-hmm. and you just uh-huh. want her to, you know, be able to start her new life, but uh, she can't. And then she dies really dramatically by saying, make sure you take care of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like okay sure i guess your life was worth their relationship that seems she's fully rocky. invested in these two yeah. Yeah. Well, a little unfair to her but yeah what can you do what can you do yeah and i mean rihanna was in all the marketing she was in all the tv spots i'm pretty sure she's on the poster so when you're going into it like if you're like a kid or like a big rihanna fan you're like fuck yeah like, let's go watch this rihanna movie <laughs> and there she is and she's cool and you love her and like wow she's like the best character dead yeah <laughs> and she spends most and, of the movie as a blue toothpaste yeah she's <laughs> <laughs> she basically she's like her her human form is there very briefly i feel like mm-hmm. it's just like her dance scene and then she kind of turns mm-hmm. into the other characters or blue goo yes and then it's just voiceover rihanna and yeah. it's not even her like good rihanna voice <laughs> <laughs> it's american accented <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, oh, and then she also turns to dust when she dies, which I thought yeah. was pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ashes to ashes. That that goo that goo can't sustain itself anymore once it's once it's. Uh, yeah, but there's no life. Crossed over. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's maybe one of those like. Uh, like the Portuguese man of war or like the uh, coral reefs where it's like not oh, one yeah. organism, but it's actually mm-hmm. like a bunch of organisms. Mm. That would be quite interesting. interesting. And that's why she can shift. Yeah. And that's maybe why she dissolves. Cause like mm-hmm. they all die or something. I don't know. Mm. It's a good theory. I like, I it. like it. I've I'm accepted it. Nice. That's, Fan that's what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I guess Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne carry on and they go to that uh, dead zone, red zone, whatever. I feel like they alternate mm-hmm. between dead zone and red zone. <laughs> and red zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe the red zone is the larger area where they feel is controlled by the enemy and the dead zone is specifically the area where they think the where area is contaminated. Oh, yes. sure, yeah. Um, but... They go there and they find that they can breathe fine. And there's actually what's there is a portal to where the remaining pearl people are. Yes. Um, and then we get like a whole lot of like, oh, here's what we've been up to for the last yes. 40 years. Uh, <laughs> Major exposition. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've yeah. been, uh, they stowed away on a ship. Uh, well, they now first they there was that one ship that was on their planet that they were able to get away in, mm-hmm. um, and while they were on there, they learned all about these human things, like they learned about math and science and English and other languages and all of these things. Um, well, I think they went to Alpha. Or no, whatever. first they were oh, just okay. on the ship for a long time. Mm-hmm. You see them just like learning, learning yeah. how to grow tomatoes right, and right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, all the stuff you do on the ship, normal stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and um, then they said that they got picked up by like a junk trader um, that went to Alpha, and then that's when they got off and they learned right, even right, more right. once they were there from like every civilization, um, and they collected all of the things they need to rebuild their ship and their planet. Yes, right. So before they were on this like derelict crashed ship and learned how to like grow onions and tomatoes <laughs> and they were like, oh, and we learned about, you know, math and science. How did they have a society that didn't understand didn't math, math and science <laughs> and like agriculture? These like pearls were enough to sustain them and just like live this life like it's like Sandals Resort. <laughs> like all they needed was to like wash their face in pearls and like feed one feed a pearl to a converter every now and then. And then yeah, I think so. I mean, it I think yeah. that the pearls it's like an were basically infinite resource that they can keep multiplying. Yeah, and it's True. like energy, the same as you know, like calories and food is energy that we yeah. eat. So like without the pearls, they no longer had the energy that they needed to survive. So then they right. turn to farming as an alternate ah, uh, yeah. energy resource they were spoiled <laughs> interesting it's very lucky that they were able to consume uh you non-pearl. know non-pearl yeah. energy yes yeah. yeah that's true that their bodies were able to process that um so the the pearl the main pearl person that is like giving all this exposition which i also find is very interesting is the emperor to as the emperor yeah but uh, the but the actor that is voicing the emperor is Elizabeth Debicki. Yes, our future Guardians Diana. 
Yes, our future Diana. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, But yeah, yeah, that was cool. And that was another thing that makes them kind of androgynous is that when you Mm -hmm. hear them speaking in English, like they all sound like women. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, They don't all have, they don't, they're not all as busty as, as, uh, (laughs) (laughs) some of them are, some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So then, uh, we also find out that Clive Owen was the commander that was, you know, doing the war up in space Mm -hmm. close to Mule. And he probably saw that there was life on that planet, um, but he made the decision to, you know, do the missiles, shoot the missiles at the, I clearly know what I'm talking about, <laughs> shoot the missiles at the, their opponents um, and uh, ultimately destroy the planet. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then after that, it's kind of like up to Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne, like, are you going to, um, you know, whether they were going to give them the things that they needed to go restore their planet. Mm-hmm. Which would be the pearl. Uh, Dane DeHaan picked up one of those pearls earlier, and the pearl converter as a mule converter. Yes. Yeah, he he grabbed himself a, the a pearl. Did he grab the pearl that the original pearl people were trying to trade? In did he yes. he had it all the way so. since? Yeah. I think so. Yes, he grabbed it at the same one... time as he grabbed mm-hmm. the converter mm-hmm. in the big market. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. So, and so he had it with him the whole time. So. The, and and Laureline never wanted to give the converter up to you know the army people or whatever just because she was like didn't, it didn't sit right with her right so just happenstance of them having the converter and a pearl they were able to like provide the pearl people like mm-hmm. another shot at like at life life mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but before that can happen there is a drawn out yeah like shoot out <laughs> <laughs> yeah one thing we should Action mention scene. that we didn't earlier was that there are these um kind of roboty guys yeah, called katrons they're tall oh, yeah. and they have kind of pointy faces and guns, uh-huh. and guns yes. yes they look very menacing yeah and they've been um programmed specifically by clive owen so they just do what he wants yeah. Um, and they won't do like what any other government official wants. Yeah. Um, and so like before he walks away from them earlier in the movie, he says, Oh, if I don't come back, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's some, you know, protocol in place yeah. for destroying the mules again. Um, the pearl people again. And, uh, so yeah. So it's like protocol, I think for the government people to start, uh, to attack the you know this the enemy which they think that the pearl people coming out are the enemy um but then dane dehan is able valerian is able to reach out and say like no 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 don't do this and so they pause the explosives and the shooting and whatnot yeah. um but the katrons won't let that fly and this is how we get the big shootout and yada, right yada, yada. yes clive owen gives the order to the to the, his, like his robots. The K-Trons. Iron, yes. Ma- Iron Man guys, yeah. Over over mm-hmm. the wishes of... Um, the, the general who we do like. Yeah, who basically uh-huh. takes over in Clive Owen's place. And mm-hmm. he has to do some, like, arm ringing to get to that spot. But he's the next in line. And he, like, tells uh, Herbie Hancock, like, I need this information. Like, what happened on this planet? 
mm-hmm. and they st- and he gets he gets access he gets more access than he had before but he still doesn't get all the access mm-hmm. that he so he knows that something's messed up and then clive owen gives the order and the robots are to kill the not just the uh pearl people but also his own army men yeah mm-hmm so yeah. they shoot at the like at the command station. At the humans, yeah. yeah. Um but the the general has a guy that works for him that's able to stop the detonation like with one yeah. second to spare. Uh <laughs> classic. And also Convenient. the Pearl people were able to get away just in the nick of time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything works out. Yeah. And then um when they go, the portal is gone now, and the the soldiers go in, and they see Clive Owen dangling there, and it's like, ha ha, <laughs> villain getting a funny comeuppance. Yeah. Do we ever find out why Clive Owen is so hell bent on like wiping out the Pearl like society? I think he has a line somewhere in there that's like a soldier would. Uh, always rather do something than be humiliated i forget yeah would rather die than be humiliated so i think that it's like he just does not want to admit that he's like basically committed genocide on an entire race and so instead of owning up to that he's gonna just continue to finish off the rest of them yeah yeah Yeah, i think we're supposed to assume a level of like accountability for military war crimes that don't exist today (laughs) like if because if like a general was like oh we accidentally blew up uh, an entire village they'd be like well that's war for you Mm -hmm. and then just yeah move on (laughs) so that 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 to me did feel a little like unconvincing Especially because, like, he could have plausibly said that it was an accident. He wasn't aiming for the planet. He was aiming yeah. for the other ship, yeah. which fell and crashed into the planet and then blew it up. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the thing. But I guess it was the laws against war crimes are a lot more serious in, in this <laughs> world. Yeah, you well, face actual consequences for destroying As the they planet. should be. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, and so then uh, Valerian and Laureline get kind of dumped out in the middle of space, and he's <laughs> like, uh, then they do some more Florida, will you marry me? And she says, maybe, and that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, what do we think? Do we like this movie? I feel like there's a lot to like in it, you know? Um like I said, the two it's it's very beautiful to look at, you know, the the scenery, the special effects, the actors, everybody's like, you know, very dreamy. You know, Dane Tahan has his like baby Leo thing going on. Mm-hmm. But then there's other aspects that are kind of weird about it, like, you know, um, some acting choices <laughs> might be questionable. Um the plot is kind of interesting and in how like episodic it is. And like we were yeah. saying, it just kind of goes shifts back and forth. Um, I think it's worth the watch just because it is very visually um, different than other sci-fi movies. And um, it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool. Like on first, you know, when you first watch it, you're like, wow, this is cool and fun and interesting. And it's just a different take on on sci-fi it's not you know it's not a marvel movie or you know one of countless like 
star star wars movies or whatever so it's 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 something i mean even though it is based on an existing property it still is a little bit more fresh to you know to maybe like american viewers so i recommend Mm -hmm. people watch it just you know if you're if you're interested and not sure i say give it a shot it's fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a fun time. I I might have enjoyed it more if it wasn't like a hundred degrees yesterday when we watched it. <laughs> yes, but um, we were also watching it on our computer. Yes, because we were watching was, over Zoom with yeah, a friend. Yeah, and I think it would have benefited from a larger screen because there's yes. some fun. It is definitely a visual. Yeah. Movie and and that's mm-hmm. kind of its main strength, uh, main appeal. Yeah, and also like you know, there's there's some cool world building stuff and stuff like that. So I think yeah, more like if you're like a fan of, you know, weird sci-fi stuff, then then it's stuff it's worth checking out. Yeah. yeah, if if you're more of like a second screen, like I check my phone every you know six minutes while I'm watching a movie, maybe skip it because you're gonna get confused. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's a lot to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. I found an interview with Ethan Hawke from Collider. Um, this was really, this interview is about Madi, but Valerian did come up. It's like the only interview I could find with him about it. And, um, the interviewer says, did you really play a character named Jolly the Pimp in Valerian? And Ethan Hawke <laughs> says, yeah, I have a cameo in Valerian and it was a lot of fun. I'm also Rihanna's pimp. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, they ask, what was it like to work with Luke Besson? And Ethan Hawke says, uh, what it did was really let me know that I'm not a master of my own profession. It was really exciting to be on set with someone who's a master craftsman. I've been acting for 30-something years, and I was really, really blown away. I would like to work with him again. That guy is really different and really interesting. He works on a really big canvas. A lot of my favorite directors tend to work on small canvases. It takes a special kind of person to work on a big canvas like that and still be as artistic as he is. It's really awesome. Hmm. Yeah. So he seemed to enjoy that experience. That's fun. Nice. Um, he is apt to description. It is a cameo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> very, very brief appearance. Indeed. Yeah. And I did want to say the New York Times article, I'm not going to read too much about it because this is an Ethan Hawke podcast and not a lot about about Ethan Hawke in here. But um, A.O. Scott reviewed this movie and he said, the title is Valerian is a Raven Space, parentheses, but not much fun. <laughs> um, and then he did say about, he did say this, uh, what about the city of a thousand planets? It's a multicultural celestial metropolis where our heroes do a bit of chasing and fighting, and its population includes some fine specimens of modern digital and prosthetic creature design, as well as a few that are a bit, let's say, problematic. The city might be an interesting place to spend some time if a busy and chaotic story didn't keep getting in the way, and if we were allowed to hang out for a little while longer with Ethan Hawke and Rihanna. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that was what I found on the internet about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan, do you have something you'd like to share with us? Sure. Uh, it's time for a hawk fact. Peter, would you like to do a hawk noise? Oh, sure. Like a, <laughs> like a bird hawk noise? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. How about... Ah, ah. <laughs> I love it. Wow. That was very fun, and I just want the listeners to know that he did the arms too. <laughs> it, <is. Yeah. laughs> it was like being in the presence of a hawk. It was amazing. See? Sounds uh, 
almost turkey like <laughs> which brings us to the turkey vulture oh Ooh. what a transition <laughs> well we're talking the so you know in this movie we have the red zone Mm-hmm. and uh so there's a hawk actually called the zone-tailed hawk wow yeah which uh kind of looks similar to a turkey vulture um and and i'm sorry i feel like you talked about this before but a turkey vulture is like the main kind of vulture yeah it's just a it's a vulture. just a vulture yeah. okay yeah thank you um and basically the vul- vultures are you know as you may know like vultures don't actively hunt things they scavenge mm-hmm. um but uh zone-tailed hawks are like regular hawks in that they do hunting and things like that and they're actually uh there was some somewhere i miss i lost the location but there was something where it said that they can actually oh here we go uh from all about birds the zone uh zone-tailed hawk aggressively defends its nesting toward territory attacking animals as large as golden eagles red-tailed oh, wow. hawks and humans dang so these guys are uh aggressive uh or fearless rather um and they're mostly they're mostly found uh in the very very southern parts of the u.s but mostly through uh mexico and central america so they're not too common unlike the red-tailed hawk they're not very common in in the united states and canada Hmm. um but an interesting thing about them is that, you know, in this movie, we have a bit of shape-shifting mm-hmm. uh, as a disguise, basically. And so this, apparently, zone-tailed hawks uh, have been noted to potentially, because of their uh, appearance that resembles a uh, vulture. turkey vulture, they look similar and they fly similarly. So they have, like, similar ways of, like, moving through the air and, like, the way their wings are angled and stuff like that. So it the zone-tailed hawk sometimes soars and even sometimes roosts with turkey vultures. It has been suggested that the hawk is a mimic of the vulture and uses its similarity to sneak up on prey that would not hide from vultures. Hmm. So they kind of like wow. disguise themselves with the turkey vultures so they can like basically sneak into a different area undetected. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. What a connection. So this is uh, that's all about birds and Audubon.org. Oh, we love Audubon.org. Mm-hmm. A classic, <laughs> a classic resource. I went a little bit of Wikipedia. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, thank you for that fact. That was very, very cool. good. Um. Okay. Well, I have been Harper, <laughs> and you can find me on the internet at Harping About. Um. And something I've been enjoying, I completely forgot how to do this podcast, <laughs> something I've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke the, recently is um, we have started watching New Girl mm-hmm. from the beginning. I did watch the first couple seasons when it was on, um, but yesterday we watched 19 episodes of New Girl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And then we watched Valerian. Um so yeah no i'm i'm enjoying it it's fun it's like you don't really have to think about it too much because it's it's not that it's like a dumb show it's just that it's like joke after joke after joke and they don't give you a lot of time to like sit with what's going on i mean you still like are watching the show and there are things happening but because of the constant jokes it's like just kind of pleasant you know 
Yeah. It's just yeah. A, a pleasant time. So I've been enjoying New Girl for the just the positive vibes it's been giving us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at John Zavaleta. Um, I think I've been enjoying is, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed New Girl as well. And I, it's not, <laughs> I, I don't know that it's something I would have like chosen myself, but it's one of those things that, you know, you put it on and I just kind of, I enjoyed it. And, and we, like, like you said, we watched 19 episodes <laughs> yesterday and I'm not like a big binger. Like I'm not really someone who watches a lot of TV show at one time. So that was kind of new for me. Um, <laughs> But another thing, I've finished my Twin Peaks, my seasons one and two, the original run, wow. basically. I finished the rewatch wow. that I was doing. Uh, so that's fun. Yeah. Nice. All right. Peter, where can the people find you? What have you been enjoying? And do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Yes, indeed. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I have been enjoying Cobra Kai on Netflix. Oh, fun. Oh, okay. We watched the trailer for it's, that recently. It's really good. Um, I grew up with the Karate Kid. Uh, I had a lot of friends who had Karate Kid birthday parties. You know, we had like the Karate Kid video games. Everybody was, you know, uh, in karate or a ninja for Halloween every year. I enjoyed it. <laughs> But it wasn't something that I was super obsessed with, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was part of my youth. And um, I knew about the show on YouTube Premium. I was not a subscriber, but because I live on Earth and I do subscribe to Netflix, um, (laughs) I have been able to watch it. Uh, Season one and two are amazing. You don't have to be super familiar with the Karate Kid movies. They weave in enough flashbacks of the movies for you to get it and mm-hmm. there's enough good new story to follow along and it's current it's not super old or retro or anything and billy zabka who plays uh johnny lawrence from the karate kid movies even though he was like the villain in every uh teen movie in the 80s is so good in this and he and even in his mid to middle to later 50s he could still hit it so watch (laughs) cobra kai on netflix it's super great and you can listen to my podcast movies that made us gay we are on apple podcasts on stitcher and um what's the other one spotify (laughs) and we're on instagram and twitter at movies that made us gay uh, as well, no, Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. We're on Twitter at MTMUG Pod. And um, we are also on Patreon. We're uh, patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. So look us up. Yes, do it's a it. Lot of fun. It's a very fun show. Um, okay. We were, yeah, and we were on we it. Were on it yeah. We were on it yes, talking indeed. about Moulin Rouge. So Which if you want to. That's a ton of fun. Yeah, so if you want a, a way to get into that show, maybe go listen to our episode and then go back <laughs> yes, and indeed. listen to all of them. Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. This was super coming. fun. I'm so glad thanks we had such a Valerian me. expert with us for this. <laughs> um, okay. Good night, everyone. Good night.